welcome to Fed Talks. Or, or should I say ho, 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 and welcome to Fed Talks? I shouldn't. That was a bad idea. Hey, it's the Christmas episode. Pretty exciting, huh? I'm, I'm stalling because I have to look something up. Um, so there's a, a little bit of a Christmas tradition here in that I did it the one year that I've done a Christmas show, um, which is to say I... Uh, so I do a, a Christmas story every year. I, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the provenance of that. I covered it last year, but there's no way you're still listening if you were listening a year ago. You've heard all my nonsense. Um, so when my, uh, when my dad left my family, it was right before Christmas. Um, and my, my siblings and I had this idea because it was, you know, my mom was obviously sad that that had happened. Uh, Lord knows why. Um, we had this idea that we would, like, we would start a new Christmas tradition because we were down a couple family members and we needed to do something. So we we're all going to write a Christmas story to read to the family on Christmas Eve. And uh, we all tried to write these funny stories, and they were weird. And um, the thing is, my mother hated them. She hated the stories every year. And we did it for a while. And then, you know, my sister moved to Mexico and didn't celebrate Christmas with us much. Boy, it's weird to think she lived in Mexico for a while. That's a weird chapter of her life. Um... And my brother got married a couple times. And, you know, we just went our separate ways. I mean, I still talk to my sister. I visit her. Look, we don't need to get into who I do and don't talk to. Uh, but I kept the, the tradition up and just wrote these stories and would just send them to my friends. And, uh, you know, they're usually pretty dumb because I usually sit down and write them in one in one sitting uh, without any forethought or uh, second drafts. But they're, they're usually kind of funny at least, and if not, you can ignore them. And so I've been doing this since 1999, so the one I wrote this year will be the 20, 24th? The 24th one. I, I've done this for as many Christmases in my life as, as not. So one more, and it may, means that officially this is just what I do on Christmas. Um, and so what I like to do is I will, on the for the podcast, I will read a past year's story. Um, not not the current year. That's limited to people who know me. Uh, they don't care. They don't enjoy it. But they're stuck with it. Um, but I will read one from a past year. And um, maybe it'll be fun. Who knows? Uh, also, since it's Christmas, I was going to talk a little bit about Christmas media, like things I enjoy on Christmas, not like traditions. Like we're talking TV. Um, and I tried making a list, but uh, 
it got out of hand because uh, for those of you who, who haven't known me for years, I used to have a website, uh, Spunky Bean, uh, that was originally a group of people and then it became my problem and then it collapsed. And uh, I saved all the content, but I haven't put most of it back online yet for a variety of reasons. But one of the things I did was every December I'd do the 12 Days of Christmas episodes where I would review a Christmas episode of a show every day leading up to Christmas. And, uh, you know, at first it was, the the first few years it was all just stuff I had in my DVD collection or it was shows I loved. And after that I had to start branching out and, you know, really seeking them out. Or, you know, there are shows where the only episode I've seen is a Christmas episode. And I did that for, for years. I probably, uh, you know, 2007 through 2020, I probably skipped two or three years in there. But we're, we're talking well, probably around 150 Christmas episodes. And uh, some of them are weird. Some are horrible. Some, some were secretly great. Uh, but in lieu of doing a complete deep dive where I'd have to open up my archives and find all of the all of the Christmas episodes I did, I just want to mention a, a few that I like to watch on Christmas. Uh, just to give some shout-outs to some of my favorites. Uh, I can already tell the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special from this year will become a, a new tradition. That was a delight. I watched it twice. Um, weirdly, there is an episode of Dragnet that I really love, and it's called the the uh, the the little baby Jesus, possibly the big baby Jesus. I can't remember now, but it's easy to find. Uh, and it's about a a church where the the baby Jesus is stolen from the the nativity, and uh, Dragnet is just like this. It's so sparsely written, but it's kind of it's kind of fascinating. It's sort of like a little play. And there's not a lot of like that was the whole thing was Jack Webb didn't show any emotion. But there's also all these weird little bits of characterization that you see and they're kind of surprising that they exist. Uh and it's just I don't know. There's something. There's something weirdly beautiful about it, and the resolution is really satisfying. Uh, there's a thing where the minister is explaining why this this baby Jesus is important, and he talks about, uh, you know, he his church serves this poor neighborhood, and people live there all their lives, and he says things like, uh, you know, the children in our church. That's the only baby Jesus they've known. The children who died in our church, it's the only baby Jesus they ever knew. And I don't know, that kind of, something about that gets me, and I cannot say why. Uh, there is a MacGyver Christmas episode, Lady Madonna, that is a knockoff of this. But also in that episode, the stolen uh, Mary in this one takes human form and interacts with the characters. And in the end, you find out she was a statue of Mary come to life. And that is a true plot of a MacGyver episode. Uh, also, Richard Dean Anderson sits in almost every scene in that episode. He's like he is mostly not in it, but every time he's in an episode, he's in a chair or in a scene. He is in a chair. He clearly did not want to work right before Christmas. 
the glow, a very glow Christmas, is the what turned out to be the series finale. It was the finale of season three, and it had been renewed, and then it got COVID canceled. And that's Cliffhanger Notwithstanding is a fantastic episode because it's got some great emotional beats, but also it has the the ladies of glow putting on a wrestling or a a christmas carol themed wrestling show <laughs> which is very good um also that was the last one i've done i did for the 12 days of of christmas episodes and that feels weirdly uh appropriate since that turned out to be a finale and nobody knew it and i was pretty sure that was going to be the last the end of spunky bean when i was writing it but other people didn't and so it's like a it's a sneak series finale both ways but I also really miss doing it so maybe I'll do it again next year uh, and look I do not recommend uh, going back and watching Louie at this point which I do think is a tremendous show but it is it's so tainted by Louis CK being an actual creep and then you have to doubt all the emotion all the like empathetic moments you see in the show it's like well he, was he faking that or is he faking I, it's it's too much like there are some there's some Kevin Spacey movies I could go back and watch because I enjoyed them before he was a monster but Louis is just feels so personal it's hard to go back to but he has a Christmas episode called New Year's Day and only the first bit of it happens on Christmas it's such a funny bit of like physical acting where he's wrapping his daughter's gifts and he got uh, one of his girls a doll and it's got like those eyes that move when you move the doll and they're not quite working so he's trying to fix them like and, and just that panicked frustration of knowing what you need to do but your hands are too big and dumb to do it it's, it's just so it's so perfectly done uh, again you probably cannot go back and watch Louie uh, my favorite episode of The Simpsons is a Christmas episode. And they don't have that many classic Christmas episodes because they, like the series premiere is a Christmas episode and then they just didn't do one for years after that. And then when they started doing them more regularly, it was kind of past the golden age. But one I think is squarely in the golden age and one of my favorite episodes, I believe it's season seven, it's called Marge Be Not Proud. This is the one where Bart steals a video game and gets caught by store security and ruins Christmas. Uh, Lawrence Tierney from Reservoir Dogs is is Don Brodka, the security guard. And every line he has is funny, even though reportedly he did not know that they were funny when they were recording. He didn't understand any of the jokes. But, uh... <sighs> stealing video games now keeps us up and be stealing something bigger, like quarries. <laughs> to steal a quarry uh it's where uh, buy me bone storm or go to hell it's where that comes from um mom bart's swearing you know it's got all these classic lines in the thrill ho which is still what i put in as my name on video games it is so funny it's one of the it's just a perfect episode uh community has a couple of tremendous christmas episodes it's got the the claymation Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. It's got the Glee musical parody episode. Um, even the first season one, which is about December nine, is it's pretty good. You can't go wrong with Community, um, except for big hunks of season four. But 
you know. Uh, the Office also has a... They had a lot of Christmas episodes. There's some just absolute killer ones. Uh, mostly the the Yankee Swap episode. Uh, which is early in the series. And it is just... Just perf- Just nails that sort of awful awkwardness and and infighting that they that they lived with uh the one where michael wants to be santa and phyllis is also santa uh makes me laugh very hard also uh xena warrior princess has a christmas episode called a solstice carol which is completely absurd and it really focuses on on xena's thing where everything happens in the vaguely defined past. Uh, I believe this puts Charles Dickens, Greek mythology, and the birth of Christ all at the same time. Uh, It's tremendous. Uh, Bojack Horseman has a very funny Christmas episode where that is an episode of his 1990s sitcom uh, where his youngest adopted daughter asks Santa to bring her parents back to life. Uh, and it, it's kind of a, it's a really perfect parody of 90s TV. Um, Lost, the episode The Constant from season four, the one where Desmond gets unstuck in time, which is one of the most people will cite as a favorite episode. That is set on Christmas Eve. There's not really any reference to it, but the episode immediately before it sets up that it is December 23rd and this is the next day. So it counts. Um, weirdly, I don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I think uh, The Constant is a Christmas episode. Um, because to be a Christmas movie, you have to be all you have to be about Christmas. You wouldn't be able to remove the Christmas aspects from it, and and still have the same movie. Uh, if you're going to call Die Hard a Christmas movie just for happening just for happening adjacent to Christmas, then you also have to call Eyes Wide Shut a Christmas movie, and none of us are ready for that. Um, Mystery Science Theater has a couple of killer Christmas episodes. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, uh, which is what Kevin Bacon is watching in the Guardians of the Galaxy special. And the, uh, the Mexican Santa Claus movie. Um, those, are, those are great. And uh, two that I really, really kind of get to me. Uh, Doctor Who, for years, had really, really fun Christmas specials of wildly varying quality, to be honest. Uh, and they have not had one for a couple of years because Chris Chibnall screwed up the schedule. But it's hard to pick a favorite, but I've got to go with the one that's called A Christmas Carol. It's from uh, the Matt Smith run. And it is the Doctor Who version of A Christmas Carol, where in order to get a mean old man to change his ways, he he travels through time and visits him as a child on successive Christmases, trying to make him a better person. And if you think about it, about it too much, which is often the case with Doctor Who, you would say, oh, well, why doesn't he do that every time there's a conflict is just spend some time making the villain a better person in the past. Uh, but don't think about it. It's It's got some clever twists. It's really great. And there's this real sense of fun. Like those really are fun Christmases he's having with the kid. Um, and of course, Joe Para helps you find the perfect Christmas tree. Um, which is sort of like a, a secret pilot for the show. It 
it aired before the series proper and some of the characters are a little different and Joe has a different house and a different Nana and a different dog. But it's got the feel of the series. And it's it, it's got a really lovely ending. It's what the, the hats in the Joe Paris store are based on where you can get the spruce, pine, or fir hats uh, because it's about him trying to settle on the perfect tree. And it's got this 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 bit like this this fantasy sequence where he's imagining having a wife and kids and he he's like narrating this whole scene that is playing out and it's just the most like basic family interaction ever but it's this wistfulness that he's presenting it with where it's like he he's a guy who this is as close as he's going to get to that that life and and <laughs> As a deeply lonely, weird man, uh, that that make this this whole special actually makes me cry. Uh, there, I admitted it. Get off my ass. Um, I'm. It's harder to go with movies just because I don't, I don't watch a lot of Christmas movies on Christmas. Uh, I always spend late thing. You know, I have Thanksgiving dinner with my mother, and then uh, I spend the rest of the day with my friend Rachel. And for years, we have watched, like, Love Actually and uh, uh, The Ref on on Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, man. It, speaking of Kevin Spacey again, but The Ref holds up really well, actually. Dennis Leary is a burglar who has to blend in with a family on Christmas Eve and solve their marital problems. It, it works really well, despite the Kevin Spacey of it all. It's great, but... You know, I don't usually sit down and watch Christmas movies on Christmas. Um, I love Elf. I almost never watch it this time of year. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything for that. The weird thing that I realized, I realized today was how much I enjoy Christmas podcasts. Uh, a lot of my favorites do special things for the holidays. There's the Comedy Bang Bang Best Ofs. And then the Christmas special, which always just has, like, everybody in the studio at once, and it's pandemonium. Uh, the Doughboys does a Christmas play, which, like every year, starts out brilliant, and by the end it's, like, 30% too long. But the stuff I like is always real good. Um, the Adventure Zone has Christmas-themed role-playing games, and I'm especially partial to the 2019 one because I was at that live show, which was super fun. Um. Uh, uh, bah, 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 bah. Sorry, I'm I'm blanking, because the the thing I'm thinking of is uh, the thrilling adventure hour, which is sporadic at best these days. But it, for years, it was a it was a stage show in L.A. that was presented like an old time radio show, or like like a radio play, and it had these different segments that were they they were funny, but they sort of adhered to the like the rules of radio drama and they would just perform it on stage with microphones and no no props or anything to hold their scripts and that was a show I really loved uh, you know a lot of Paul F. Tompkins and Paget Brewster and Mark Evan Jackson all these people all these really great people were, were in it and it introduced me to a lot of a lot of performers I didn't really know who have become favorites um, it's, it's tremendous. It was like a huge, a huge thing for me for like four years where it was the most important thing. 
and then they kind of wrapped it up and they would do do shows every once in a while and they did a couple zoom shows during the pandemic and they just did they did two uh actual live shows uh last week and i i obviously was not in la to see them but uh i did the it was it's they sold the video on demand so i'm look i will probably watch that on christmas but they did a big christmas show every year and i have a tradition of going and listening to all of the thrilling adventure hour christmas episodes uh the week of christmas and i've been doing that and it's all dumb and it's you know there there's a sparks nevada marshall on mars and you know moonshine holler the tale of the former millionaire looking for the hobo princess and in captain laser you know it's captain laser beam it, it's just wonderful and ridiculous and it's it's fun to revisit this thing that was so huge to me I still love it. It's just less prevalent now because there's less of it. Um, but I was I was at the laundromat today and I uh, had my earbuds and I was listening to to Thrilling Adventure Hour because um, there's a lot of Christmas episodes and I won't be able to get through them all just in my regular podcast listening time. So if I got spare time, I'm popping in the earbuds, baby. And there's one. It it was all done in rhyme, like. Uh, it kind of had the pacing of, of, uh, uh, twas the night before Christmas. And it was about <sighs> one of their more obscure characters, Philip Fathom, who's like, if Batman were also Aquaman and all the dialogue is rhyming. And it's about how he, he doesn't have a family. So he lets all the other superheroes have the night off. Yeah. But all the villains team up to get him and, uh, he's facing death, and then everybody shows up to save him. And it, it's really silly, and it, it's great. Matt Gorley is one of the villains. All the super ego guys, they're, they're just... And uh, Hal Lublin, who has been very nice to me on social media in the past, is Philip Fathom, and he just kills it doing a Christian Bale voice. But there's this... Where where he's in a death trap, and and again, it's all in rhyme, and he has this weird... Ras in his weird raspy voice, says something about... And just when I and just when I know how my how how this all ends, that's when I'm surprised to find out I have friends and all the other heroes show up. And I in the laundromat listening to this was crying, uh, partly laughing, partly seasonal depression. Um, it's been something. Uh, oh, before we worry too much about uh my bad brain um i i recorded next week's episode already it is the best tv of 2022 episode uh which is now an annual tradition i brought back the guest from last year who will be you could look it up or you could just find out when it, the episode comes out and i have been having such a bad time and the, it's good i'll tell you right now it's a long episode it is long and i had such a fun time just we just had an absolutely delightful time talking about TV shows we like. Uh, it was it was so fun. I learned about a couple things that I've started watching, and they're great. Uh, that's all gonna come out, but I it was just an absolute an absolute joy that sort of pulled me out of some really uh, really crummy mind place. Um, also, 
Um, I think we ended up deciding that Mission Impossible Fallout was one of the best TV shows of 2022. Uh, and also Dave Bautista as an actor was one of the best shows of the year. Um, we're enthusiastic about a lot of stuff. But, so uh, here's a... Now I want to get to the Christmas story. Now this episode is going to run long because this I'm looking at the story and oh my God, it's so long and you're going to have to listen to my voice. Uh, this one's from 2014. Uh, you will know that from a couple of references, including mentioning Ant-Man as an upcoming movie. Uh, so it's good to see I was, I was, I was on the Ant-Man train early. So this is Christmas 2014. It's called The Fire Ants of Christmas Island. There's a reason why nobody spends Christmas on Christmas Island. It's not like a Rankin Bass thing or the town called Christmas from Matt Smith's last Doctor Who episode. It isn't an island where it's always Christmas. It's actually part of what's commonly known as the Holiday Archipelago, along with the more famous Easter Island. The reason that you hear about that one instead of Christmas, Father's Day, or Purim Island is simple. The Big Stone Heads. Those things are cool, and they're not on any of the other holiday islands. Christmas Island is more like, well, if Earth had a butthole. I mean, that's even what it looks like on satellite pictures. They have to blur it out on pictures of the Earth from space just to keep the peace. I'm here because I'm an, an entomologist. That wasn't my career plan. I actually wanted to be an etymologist, but got confused and picked the wrong classes. By the time I realized my mistake, it was too late. Ironically, a wannabe entomologist who enrolled in etymology, in, in an etymology course would have recognized their error much more quickly. So now I'm a bug scientist, an ant-man, if you will. I'm pretty excited about that movie, even if Paul Rudd probably isn't going to be an entomologist. I think he invents shrinking, which is an entirely different field of study. An etymologist could probably tell you what that's called. I'm on Christmas Island because the local fire ants have started to exhibit signs of rapid evolution. Not physically, they're still ants. But they seem to be increasing in intelligence at an unprecedented rate. We're not talking about an increase over generations. An individual ant is smarter from day to day. I'm not going to get into finding my findings and theories because you're not entomologists. Also, all of my research is technically owned by my employer, Best Buy. Long story, let's just say that Best Buy is preparing for a drastic decline in sales of physical media by branching out into other fields. <laughs> I wrote that and it makes me laugh <laughs> eight years later. Of the 12 of us working out on a lab located along one of the fissures that runs from the center of the island to the coast, I wasn't kidding about it looking like a butthole, eight were deemed non-essential enough to go home for the holidays. I'm probably similarly non-essential, but I didn't apply for the waiver. I'm not one of those Christmas bleh types. But some years you're feeling it, and some years December 21 rolls around, and even though you've seen a bunch of Christmas episodes, suddenly it's, oh wow, that's this week? It was such a hassle to get back to the mainland, and I'd gone too long without making any plans, so why not just hang out with Belson, Girl Tucker, and Lupe and get some ant data? Of those three, Girl Tucker was the one who would rather have been somewhere else. But Best Buy deemed her too important, so she had to stay. We called her Girl Tucker because there were two people named Tucker on the project. Boy Tucker went home for the holidays, so we probably could have just called her Tucker in the meantime, but it's hard to adjust. Also, no idea whether Tucker is tradi traditionally a male or female name. I guess I didn't even know it was a first name. I mean, anything can be a first name, you know what I mean? Oh, another weird thing? 
Girl Tucker and Boy Tucker were born on the same day. I have this theory that they're actually versions of the same people, and it's it's a Schrodinger's cat situation like in Bioshock Infinite, but that's really not important right now, and I regret bringing it up. Man, this was clearly 2014. Uh, on Christmas Eve, Girl Tucker and I drove out to the giant anthill in the center of the island. Sticking with the island as butthole theme, it would be the turd cutter. It was more or less the size of your average subway franchise. Years ago, the fire ants covered the island, but since the rapid evolution, they'd all migrated back to the anthill. We could leave food out in the lab without fear of infestation. Not that we did, because that's gross. But for whatever reason, the ants all went home. Home for the holidays, Girl Tucker said wistfully from the driver's seat. Sorry you're stuck here. Maybe we could do some Christmas stuff? Download some Christmas episodes, wrap up things we have around the office, and pretend they're presents? I don't know, man. I'm bad at this. Yeah, that sounds good. She responded in a way that was maybe dismissive, but also maybe not. I'm bad at reading people. So I continued on the Christmas path while she continued along the fissure known as the Christmas path. You ever think about a Christmas carol? Like in every single version, past and present don't really make any impact, but then the ghost of Christmas future gets the job done all by himself. He's the Superman of Christmas. Aquaman and Hawkman are nice to have around, but it turns out the same way whether they show up or not. Charles Dickens was paid by the word. She replied, clearly distracted. Is that a castle? Sure enough, in the distance I could see what appeared to be a sandcastle in the place where I would usually just see a huge anthill. Send a picture to Lupe. She's going to want to see this. I complied and sent her a shot of the antcastle. None of us saw much of Lupe. She was so dedicated to this project that she never left the lab. She spent the night in there, then woke up and went back to lab stuff. And if you walked in, she wouldn't even turn to look at you. Lupe just kept running simulations, and maybe she'd say something weird about insects. Just this morning, I popped in to see if she wanted me to bring her any breakfast, and she just shook her head, then said, The whirligig beetles are weary and fast, with an organ to detect the ripples. She's supposed to be brilliant, so I guess eccentricity comes with that. As we approached, I got a better look at the anthill, and yes, they turned it into a castle. And not just a regular sandcastle, which would be amazing enough. This was elaborate, like one of those professional sandcastles they sometimes set up at the mall until hooligans throw condoms and pop cans at it. When we got close enough to see the ants, they weren't milling around en masse in their weird little ant patterns. They were individual ants working on sections of the castle, and near constant streams of them entering and leaving the main door. It was mind-blowing. We couldn't get too close, fire ants and all. They weren't necessarily threatening, but if a million ants decided to defend themselves from an intruder, it wouldn't turn out well for the intruder. Actually, let me amend that. I couldn't get too close. Girl Tucker jumped out of the jeep and ran to the very edge of the castle. Kevin, look at this. I cautiously made my way up to her. That ant, it's using a tool, right? I think that's a tiny tool. Sure enough, there was an ant who appeared to be using maybe an itty-bitty wrench or something. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen, and one time I saw my friend Tommy Bohannon cough up a doll's eye with no explanation. <laughs> Guys... There was a time when I was funny. But here's the problem, and it's a dirty little secret of entomology. Ants are hard to see, and it's almost impossible to get a better look without setting them on fire. We have to guess a lot. Look at any textbook made before 1950, and you'll see illustrations of ants with eagle beaks. We try not to remind people of that, and the entomology community secretly de destroys thousands of outdated journals and textbooks every year to cover up our shame. Take some pictures. We have to show Lupe and Belson, Girl Tucker ordered. Honestly, it wasn't so much of an order because she said it in a nice way. 
but I'm sticking with my original choice of verb and there's nothing you can do about it. I zoomed in as tight as I could and got shot of shots of ants with their baby tools, including one who almost definitely had a clipboard. There was even one who I could have sworn was using an infinitesimal smartphone, but that seemed so crazy that I didn't say anything. We made the drive back in silence again until I started feeling really uncomfortable and just talked about Christmas again. Everybody does Elf on a Shelf as a monster, right? Girl Tucker quietly answered, yeah, they're the worst. She looked like she'd just seen her friend cough up a doll's eye. <laughs> hey, when we get back and post the report, can we maybe not talk about ants until after Christmas? I, wanted to, I want to enjoy the holiday and not think about that ant with the iPhone. You saw it too? I blurted, happy to maybe not be crazy and maybe only be exactly as crazy as somebody else. That was nuts, right? Totally nuts. The door to Lupe's lab was locked when we got back. I assumed she was pooping, but I can't back that up with any evidence. My God, what is my problem? We put all the pictures on the server so she and Belson could see them. 40, minute later, 40 minutes later, Lupe posted a response that said, If one places a minute amount of liquor on a scorpion, it will instantly go mad and sting itself to death. Plus an emoji of a thumbs up, so apparently she was working on this new data. I knocked on her door, but there was no answer. Hey, Lupe, I know things are crazy, but we're going to have a little Christmas party. You should take a break and come by. We're watching the Christmas episode of Dragnet and then the MacGyver episode that stole the ending. I had no idea I wrote that when I mentioned those episodes earlier. <laughs> I should have read through this first. No answer. If you're pooping, I apologize for interrupting. And if you're not, I apologize for assuming you're pooping. And I apologize for saying pooping so much. Anyway, anyway, come by for some eggnog. On reflection, it seemed unlikely that we'd have eggnog. Also, I can't picture what eggnog is. I picture it having the texture of curdled milk but couldn't imagine people were really into that. But my image of eggnog, of what eggnog is grosses me out so much that I would never even try the actual thing, even if I'm way off. This isn't important to the story, but it beats me recapping that Dragnet Christmas episode. Point is, Girl Tucker and I were having a fine time celebrating the most pathetic Christmas ever until Belson walked in, cartoonishly drunk. Saw those pictures, he slurred. Friggin' ants, they think they're smarter than me. I'll show them. Hey, calm down, Belson. The figures aren't in, but I assume the ants don't think they're smarter than you. They're not building a castle to spite you. I kind of hate Belson. He's a weird kind of bro scientist, and I try to avoid him whenever possible. That's easy when we're fully staffed, but with the four of us now, it's almost impossible. Every day he makes some douchey comment, and I'm always reminded of Scott Null, who used to beat me up during English class. Like, literally during class. But that guy ended up in jail for punching a police car. Belson somehow became a famous entomologist despite owning Ed Hardy shirts. He knocked over a lamp and stormed out, and then I heard one of the jeeps peel out. We have to stop him, said Girl Tucker. It's not like he's going to get an accident. He can't hurt anybody. Worst thing that happens is he flips the car and loses the use of both legs. I had to make myself not smile when I said that. We can't let him go to the anthill. Not like this. She seemed genuinely worried. Girl Tucker actually intended to be an entomologist and connected to the insect world more than I did. Not in a weird way. It's not like wasps did her bidding or anything. Crap, we'd better try to catch him. We headed out after Belson, and on the way I called Lupe. She picked up the phone, and after I explained, there was a long pause before she said, The arachnid moths lay their eggs inside other insects along the borders of fields or roads in clusters of white cocoons. Damn it, Lupe, I blurted. We need to get you involved here. You're in charge. Belson is drunk and angry. The fire ants have Wi-Fi. I need you to care about something. The line went dead. I fumed for a moment until the castle came into view. 
It had minarets now, plus what seemed to be for a tra the track for a monorail, but that was too crazy. No sign of Belson. Do you think he got lost? I mean, you just have to follow the fissure. It's easy to find. Girl Tucker scanned the horizon. I don't see him. Maybe we should wait. He was pretty drunk. He might have stopped to pee. Or drink more. I'm sorry, I'm Mormon. I don't know how being drunk works. <laughs> I never knew you were a Mormon. I don't know why I said that so loud. That happens a lot. I don't think people expect to meet Mormons. Sometimes I still think about that Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints ad from the 80s when a kid breaks a window and then confesses in song, I told the truth. That's literally the only thing I know about Mormonism. Sorry. Well, that's better than most people. Do you want to keep talking about your religion, or am I making it uncomfortable? A little uncomfortable, but if you switch topics, we can get back on track. So, Belson, where do you suppose that dude is? Maybe he went back. Why don't you go back there and see if you can find him, and I'll wait here. Are you sure? He was pretty belligerent. Girl Tucker cracked her knuckles. If he shows up and tries to mess with the castle, I can handle him. I know Jeet Kundo. Wait, what? How has this not come up? Why aren't you breaking bricks while not ingesting caffeine? Just go. Call me if you find him. As I drove back along the fissure, I wondered what my family was up to. Probably sleeping, given the time difference. But earlier I mentioned that my mom and sister had her boyfriend who looked exactly, who I picture looking exactly like Dean Venture, having a nice dinner, and going through the photo albums. There's probably an email from them in my inbox at the very moment. I bet they watched Elf. My family's holiday traditions aren't grand, but we have our fun. When I got back to base, there was still one Jeep missing. I went inside and knocked on Lupe's door. Lupe, Belson's missing. The ants maybe have converted to Islam and Girl Tucker is a martial artist slash Mormon. I could really use your input here. No answer, so I tried the knob. I apologize if you're pooping, but we need to have a team meeting. I pushed the door open and there was Lupe in the far cor corner, hunched over her work as always. The army ants will leave nothing but the bones. She hissed and then she turned. I screamed. Lupe was a human-shaped mass of ants. Thousands and thousands of them. Maybe millions? I'm bad at estimating numbers. I screamed again just to make my point. The writhing collection of ants started to come apart, and the thing that was Lupe spread out over the room. The floor was blackish-red with ants until, they until suddenly they left. I didn't know if Lupe had ever even existed. Did the ants replace her, or did they just assume a human shape and sneak into the base? And either way, how did they talk? My phone rang. Girl Tucker. Kevin, you need to get back here. She didn't sound panicked, but insistent. Hey, I answered, I just found out that Lupe was actually a collective of ants in human form and nothing makes sense anymore. Can you top that? There was a long pause. I think so. I made the one I made the trip one more time, and this ant this time the ant hill looked like the skyline of Gotham City with weird Gothic ar architecture and what I assume would be tiny tiny gargoyles if I could get a closer look. Girl Tucker was wearing a different was wearing different clothing than the last time I saw her. A crude dress. If somebody made it on Project Runway, they'd have been eliminated. But if it had been made by ants, which, judging by all the scurrying, was probably the case, it was a masterpiece. What happened? They made me a Christmas present. They have something for you, too. She pointed to a crude collection of sticks that I realized was supposed to be a toy gun. Again, impressive for ants. Also, those guys just jump right into gender roles, but I'm not a sociologist. And then I saw Belson's cell phone lying on the ground. A swarm of ants covered it. And after a few seconds, both Girl Tucker and I got a text message. Now, these texts are all in all caps with uh, as many misspelled words as I could imagine and still get the meaning out. Merry Christmas from the ants. Uh, Merry Christmas, I said out loud. 
Happy holidays? I didn't know if they had multiple religions available. We would like a present from you. Of course, answered Grill Tucker. We didn't know that you had Christmas. What do you want? Tell them to leave. Let our home be. I looked at Girl Tucker. I think we can do that. Promise you're not going to build boats and attack our country? We are peaceful. Just want our home. Okay, we'll do it. I'll fake some data. We'll have to come up with an explanation for Belson and Lupe, but we'll just tell them that the findings were flawed and there's nothing there. Girl Tucker nodded in agreement. Thank you. I'll make the call in the morning. It may be a couple days before they pick us up, but we'll stay in the lab and let you be. Girl Tucker assured them. Just one question I started. You're doing a great job texting for ants, but Lupe's texts are always perfectly punctuated, you know, sometimes really long. How did that happen? Long pause. A Christmas miracle! That makes absolutely no sense, but it's good enough for me. I picked up my present, and the two of us waved goodbye before driving off. You know, this changes everything we know about the world, Girl Tucker said quietly. I'm willing to ignore it if you are. Deal. So why did I write this down? Sometimes addressing potential readers directly. That's a good question. Wish I had an answer. Maybe forget you, re you read this? That'd be cool of you. Uh, I am realizing just now I never actually addressed what happened to Belson. I think you should assume he was eaten by ants. I don't know why I didn't put that in the story. Um, anyway, that's the kind of bullshit my friends have to deal with every year. Um, we're going to wrap this up. I did not get to any franchise movies this weekend. Um, hopefully I'll get them this week, but next there's no franchise report next week. So honestly, I'm just kind of keeping up. Uh, remember to check out our sponsor, teasedbysummer.com. Uh, it's obviously too late to get something in time for Christmas, but get a Christmas gift for Christmas gift for yourself. You'll be excited when it shows up. The mugs, uh, the water bottle, the, the shirts, they're all tremendous. I got them all. I love having those mugs lined up on my desk at work and looking at them. Uh, my guest next week was drinking from a Teased by Summer mug while we were recording. Um, just, just the best. Uh, order something. When it says uh, you can leave a note to the seller, say Merry Christmas. She works hard. She deserves recognition. Um, also check out Ambient Architecture Studios on Instagram. Uh, that is Brad's Corner. Um, even if you are not in the market for architectural work, um, just follow Brad and maybe get his, his, uh, his, his new business, maybe get a little SEO for it where it's going to start getting recommended to people. Um, I think he has only ever posted three times and all in the first day of having Instagram. So it's not like he's going to be blowing up your feed with a lot of nonsense. Uh, it's a nice, uh, low low effort follow so check him out he's very good um the fact that i trailed off made it sound like that wasn't sincere but i'm very dumb about ar architecture i don't know things but i know i know what brad's i know what brad's doing he's super good um uh, man that's all i got have a enjoy your holidays have a uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, whatever holiday you celebrate. I hope it's good. Um, if you don't celebrate a holiday this time of year, then just chill out and have a, have a good day. You're missing out on getting a day off because of Christmas being on a Sunday, but maybe you'll get Monday off. 
look, just chill, be nice to people. Uh, I don't know, man. We're all doing our best, right? That's it. I will... Next week, the best TV shows of 2022. It is a delight. I'll see you then. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wah, 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 wah.